Please listen carefully. Hello there, toppers, and welcome to the first ever special episode of Turn of Phrases. Since this is the 13th episode, I thought I'd take a look at 13 superstitions to see where they came from and why people believe them. I know some people really don't like the number 13. They treat Friday the 13th like it might actually chew them up and spit them out, and heck, many buildings skip the 13th floor. It's a scary number to some people, but it's by far not the only superstition out there. Some people find hope in a rabbit's foot or fear in a black cat crossing their path. Why won't some people walk under a ladder or why do they panic if they break a mirror? Grab your four-leaf clover and settle in for the breakdown of these superstitions and more. To begin, let's look at beginner's luck which is the belief that people new to a game or event will have better results than an opponent that has lots of experience. Does being new to something mean you'll perform better than someone with plenty of practice under their belt? Not likely, but when you look at where the superstition came from, it makes sense why people believe in this idea. One theory is that a beginner has no pressure when compared to an expert with a reputation to keep up. Without the added pressure of keeping up appearances, the beginner is more relaxed and therefore able to perform better. Another similar idea is that the expert will plan their strategy based on past experiences and expectations of how the game or event will play out, but an inexperienced beginner may not adhere to these expectations. Therefore, the known expert's strategy fails and they end up losing. The last theory is that people who are now experts are likely to remember their early successes more than their early failures, and so they themselves think they had beginner's luck when they started off. When you think about the fact that people who do well in the beginning are more likely to continue on to become experts than the people who don't perform well at the start, you can easily come to the conclusion that the experts will more often than not be people who had those early successes that seemed like beginner's luck. So in a way, beginner's luck sort of perpetuates itself. Okay, superstition number two for the day is walking under a ladder. Why are some people afraid to do this and when did it start? Well, first of all, this one is a superstition with some legitimacy to it. Walking under a ladder could result in an injury to yourself or another person, so it's just safe to avoid taking that shortcut. But why is it seen as bad luck? A major school of thought is that it may have to do with the Holy Trinity found in the Christian faith. A ladder, whether it is a standalone model or one you lean against a building, resembles a triangle when it's set up. The Holy Trinity is often represented with a triangle, so walking under a ladder breaks the triangle of that ladder and it is representatively blasphemous. The other main theory has to do with the similarity between a ladder leaning against a wall to a gallows. For reasons not hard to ascertain, any association with anything gallo-like was considered bad luck, especially walking under one. But if you accidentally went under a ladder, don't worry, toppers. I found out what you have to do to reverse the bad luck. You spit. You have a couple of options here. You can spit a single time on your shoes or three times through the rungs of the offending ladder. If you choose the single shoe spit, though, be careful, you can't look at your shoe until the spit has dried. Although, how you're supposed to know if the spit is dry or not without looking, I'm not sure. 
If spitting isn't your thing, then you can either keep your fingers crossed until you see a dog, or, and this seems like the best option, you can back out the way you went under the ladder and make a wish. Bad luck eradicated. For superstition number three, I want to look at the idea that bad luck comes in threes. The general term for three being tied to superstitions is triphilia, which sounds like something that a creep would do. <laughs> okay, sorry, that was a bad joke. Anyway, we just went over one reason why the number three may be important, the Holy Trinity. But there are some other reasons why the little number three is such a big deal. Three is the first odd prime number. The triangle, even without the holy connections, is a nice, stable shape. And there's the philosophical triad of thesis, antithesis, and synthesis, to name a few. The number three is in our lives in many ways, and this is one reason why people think this superstition came about. But there's another, less generic theory for where this one came from. Supposedly, it came from the Boer War, which took place from October of 1899 to May of 1902, and has to do with a bad habit and snipers. The soldiers would try being thrifty by using only one match to light three cigarettes. The unfortunate side to the material-saving method was that the extra time the match was burning gave the Boer sniper time to see the light, and he'd take aim and kill the third soldier. Between stories like this and the strong presence of three in our daily lives, and the additional fact that humans tend to seek patterns, so after two instances of bad luck we may start expecting a third, this superstition has gained a strong foothold in the minds of many people. On to superstition four, which is that a four-leaf clover is lucky. Why does this tiny plant hold such power? It has to do with the rarity of clovers with four leaves. In fact, it's estimated that only about 1 in 10,000 clovers have four leaves. But why and when did this rarity get associated with good luck? This one goes way back, to shortly after clovers were made. Supposedly, Eve took a four-leaf clover with her from the Garden of Eden as a reminder of the paradise they had to leave behind. Ever since, the clover has been used in medicine and witchcraft seen as a powerful plant, and the rare four-leafed variety was thought to be more potent than its plain three-leafed counterparts. Some simply think of the rare find as a symbolic keepsake, the four leaves each representing a good thing, faith, hope, love, and luck. And let's be honest, even if you don't think it's lucky, finding a plant that you know is rare is exciting, and many people keep them simply for the awe factor. For superstition number five, let's look at why people say bless you after they hear a sneeze. Is this just a learned behavior or is there a reason behind this saying? Well, there is definitely something behind it and it goes way back in old-timey times. Back when folks were superstitious about, well, everything, it was commonly believed that a sneeze knocked your soul right out of your body. In order to help your buddy prevent the devil from taking the newly separated soul, you had to bless them to return it to them. Similarly, some folks thought the sneeze was an evil spirit leaving the sneezer's body, so by blessing them out loud, the spirit couldn't return to them. Another theory comes from a lack of understanding of what happens to the body when someone sneezes. Some people used to think that a sneeze stopped the heart and the bless you proffered would either help restart the heart or merely be a substitute for saying congrats, you didn't die. Yet another theory comes from the bubonic plague, when a sneeze was a likely indication that the sneezer was not long for this world. 
No matter which one is the exact origin, they all have something in common. The idea of the blessing is to offer good wishes to the sneezer, even if you don't have any religious connotations behind your blessing. For topic 6, it seemed only fitting to look at why the number 666 is seen as bad luck. This one is easy to narrow down because it originates from the book of Revelation in the Bible. In chapter 13, verse 18, 666 is declared to be the number of the beast, which is interpreted by most to be Satan, and it is a sign of the end of the world. The King James Version of the verse is as follows. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Pretty much anything associated with the devil tends to be seen as bad luck, so that makes this one pretty straightforward. So, let's move on. Superstition number seven is that breaking a mirror brings you seven years of bad luck. This one comes from ancient Roman folks, who believed that mirrors held pieces of your soul. In fact, way back when people first started seeing reflections in anything, they thought they were seeing their soul. It didn't have to be a mirror. But a mirror is an easily broken reflective surface. No one wants to break their souls, so this is where the breaking a mirror being bad came from. And the seven years bad luck? The old Romans also believed that the soul renewed itself once every seven years. Mix the belief that a mirror holds your soul and it takes seven years to renew your soul, and boom, you have a superstition. Fear not, though, toppers, if you have shattered a mirror, for I have tips on how to reverse your bad luck sooner than seven years. One option is to simply leave the broken pieces alone for seven hours, then immediately throw them away. If you want to throw a little more effort into fixing the curse, you can take all the broken shards and either toss them into running water or bury them in moonlight. Or you can break them even more, making sure to smash the broken glass into pieces so tiny they can't reflect anything anymore. You can also just touch a piece of the broken mirror to a tombstone, or light seven white candles the first nightfall after the accident. Once midnight hits, blow all the candles out in one breath, and all is good again. Now for the eighth superstition of the day. Don't open an umbrella inside. This one also has a potential origin from ancient times. First, if we go to Egypt, they mainly used umbrellas for sun protection. If you opened an umbrella inside, you were keeping it from the sun god, and his wrath would soon be coming for you. In ancient Rome, there was supposedly a woman who opened her umbrella inside, and almost immediately after, her house collapsed. If you find that a little hard to believe, another theory comes from the 18th century, when the modern umbrella was new. These early spring-loaded versions either were closed or open, there was no in-between. So if you were standing too close to someone opening an umbrella, you might be injured. Opening an umbrella outside meant more room for deployment and an overall safer experience. No matter which origin you want to believe, some people actually say there are parameters to this superstition. These folks say that if the umbrella isn't black, or was a gift, or if there's someone sick in your house, you can open up indoors to your heart's content with no repercussions. For topic 9, I looked into why a rabbit's foot is seen as lucky by many people. This one is believed to have come from the early Celts, all the way back to 600 BC. Although they thought the whole rabbit was lucky, this is still the main school of thought for where the idea originated. 
It was their belief that since rabbits lived in burrows, they could communicate with spirits of the underworld. So, when did this idea go from the whole rabbit to just the foot? Many people think it has to do with the African-American religion of hoodoo. Since rabbits are really good at making baby rabbits, hoodoo practitioners thought having a rabbit's foot would help with fertility. There are caveats, though, to ensure that foot in your pocket is actually lucky. It should be the back left foot of the rabbit, which needs to have been caught or killed in a cemetery. It usually needs to be cut off on a Friday, but the date or weather or other things could change this. If that's a bit too intense for you and you just want one of the fake feet often sold today, you aren't totally out of luck. Even the modern manufactured versions are considered to be lucky because it's a reminder to the holder to be courageous. The symbolism of the foot and what it stands for is far more important these days than where the foot came from. Now for superstition number 10, knocking on wood. This one has been a popular one since at least the 19th century, but I would be lying if I said I knew exactly what the origin was. And I'm sorry that I'm not sorry for that horrible pun. <laughs> anyway, this is yet another one with more than one believed beginning. A popular one harkens back to pagan cultures which thought spirits lived in trees. Knocking on a tree would wake the spirit and allow you to call on their protection, thank them for recent good luck, or to keep them from listening to you boasting about that good luck so they wouldn't flip the script on you. Another theory from Christianity is that the knocking on wood is connected to the wooden cross Jesus was hung on. Then again, some folks think this idea isn't so old, that it may actually come from a 19th century version of tag in which the players were safe from being tagged if they were touching any sort of wood. Wherever it came from, I know this is one I tend to do, just to be safe. It's easy to do and doesn't hurt anyone, so I say, knock away, toppers. Superstition number 11 is the act of throwing spilled salt over your shoulder. This is another one like knocking on wood. It doesn't really hurt anyone to do it, and if I spill salt, I toss a bit over my shoulder just to be safe. But when and why was spilled salt deemed to be unlucky in the first place? Well, the most famous reference to this one is Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper painting. In it, Judas Iscariot, the betrayer of Jesus, has knocked over the salt. So he's greedy, deceitful, and clumsy. Great combo. Anyway, since he's known for being treacherous, spilled salt is seen as a negative thing. A belief was formed that the devil was hanging out behind your left shoulder if you spilled salt. So to keep him from whispering not-so-sweet nothings in your ear, you toss some of the spilled salt over your shoulder to hit him in the face and make him go away. I don't like it when the devil talks to me, so I think I'll keep doing this one. Better safe than salty. <laughs> I'm not sorry for that one either. Now for topic 12. I can't do a superstition special without talking about why black cats are seen to be unlucky if they cross your path. People have had cats for pets since at least ancient Egypt, when they were treated like royalty. So why is a black cat so scary to some people? Because of witches, that's why. Witches often had helpers called familiars, which could take the form of animals, and it was believed by people who I guess had nothing better to do that the dark-colored felines were a favored shape with the shape-shifting assistance. Since witches were so highly feared, black cats got a bad rap too. It isn't all bad news for the inky creatures, though. Some cultures see them as good luck. Pirates thought they were only bad luck if they walked toward you, but if they walked away, things were all good. 
In Scotland, if a stray black cat shows up at your home, it's considered to be a sign of prosperity. So feel free to pet that midnight-like fur to your heart's content, toppers. For the final superstition of the day, number 13, I have to do one of the big daddies of seemingly unfounded fears, Friday the 13th. This one packs such a punch because there is a fear of both the number and the day. Fridays have been seen as potentially unlucky for a long time, and there's a few schools of thought as to why. Some people think Adam and Eve were cast out of Eden on a Friday, Jesus Christ was crucified on a Friday, and the other main theory comes from Geoffrey Chaucer's work, The Canterbury Tales, where everything bad that happened, happened on a Friday. The number 13 has a couple of possible origins too, one of which is also in the Christian faith. Judas Iscariot, our clumsy deceiver friend, was the 13th person to arrive at the Last Supper. In Norse mythology, Loki introduced chaos to the world by showing up to a party as the 13th guest. So because of a lot of bad but important things happening on a Friday, and with 13 being linked to some bad dudes, it's not too hard to see how this fear came about. Okay then, toppers, that's all I got for episode 13. Thank you for joining me again to turn some phrases. I hope you enjoyed this special episode and learned something along the way. Head over to at Turn of Phrases on Twitter to connect to me and fellow language lovers. You can also send me topic suggestions through the website or via email, which is brisky at turnofphrases.com. My show notes has all my other social media, contact information, and sponsor information. I'll also tell you about my sponsors here in a few moments, so please stay tuned for that. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing or leaving a review. A five-star rating and a quick review are really the best way you can help me and the podcast out, and it doesn't take long at all to do. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thank you again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, produced, and hosted by me, Brisky. Hey Toppers, I just wanted to give you a quick breakdown of the fine folks helping me bring this show to you. First of all, there's Audible, who offers over 180,000 audiobook titles that you can download to any MP3 compatible phone or device. Using my code, Turn of Phrases, gets you a free book and a 30-day long free trial. Amazon itself also sponsors me, and you can buy things through my link or get sweet offers for free stuff. Both options help me out. You can also buy my novel and children's book while you're over on Amazon. I'm just saying. Last but certainly not least is Boss Boxes. You can get awesome gaming stuff sent to you monthly, and my code, Turn of Phrases, saves you 10% at checkout. All of this, including more detailed information, can be found on my website, turnofphrases.com, on the Support the Podcast page. Please check it out to see what cool stuff you can get and help out the podcast at the same time. There's also a link to my swag and gear store on the site. Just click on the store tab and it'll take you right to it. Okay, that's enough of that for one day. Thanks again for listening, toppers.